This podcast is brought to you by the founders of Chabra Chai, an authentic and completely sugar-free chai tea company. This series, our theme will be inspiration. You don't have to save the world to be inspiring. And our friends are perfect examples of that, inspiring us every single day by being unapologetically themselves. So welcome back to the No Added Sugar podcast with myself, Ruby, Casey and Pratima. Hey guys. And today on our Story to Inspire series, we are so, so, so excited to announce our very, our guests. <laughs> I want a drum roll there. Um, <laughs> yes, our guests, a networking goddess and our favourite careers blogger, Woo-hoo! Mary Agazamwa. Yeah. Hi everyone. So I came to know Mary through... One of my friends that I used to work with, she introduced me to your networking group. Now you're talking, which we will talk about later on in the podcast. But as Rube said, we're so grateful that you could come on the show um, and feature in this series. Yeah. And just as like, you know, context for you, this series is about voicing stories from relatable people mm-hmm. and like sharing their inspiring and impactful stories. Mm, and you've achieved so much professionally academically like we've given you a, a good old pre a good old story <laughs> oh <my God>. um, <laughs> and so yeah so you've created a really powerful platform mm-hmm. i've met some amazing people from it i've got my current job from it um wow. i've just made such amazing connections and opportunities for myself and for chapter's chai yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Mm. i just to add to that as well like we love how you're not shy to share everything you've read and listened to and all your knowledge and experience with everyone else out mm. there at the moment who's going through just what you're going through. You're yeah. a giver. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means a lot. Thank you, guys. But just to, like, dive straight in, mm-hmm. tell us more about your journey and how you got to where you are now, some of your motivations. Mm. Perfect. I will do. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on this podcast. Happy to have you. <laughs> um, so my journey, so where does it all really begin? Um, black girl from North London. That's kind Woo-hoo! of who I am. Um, I studied economics at the University of Birmingham, which for me was such an amazing experience. Um, and I think that's where really my story begins in terms of recognizing that women viewed careers in a different way to men so i was studying economics a a degree which is 70 percent well was 70 percent uh men versus women on the course and i just felt that especially when it came to applying to spring weeks and internships Mm. I would talk to kind of the male students and they would be like, yeah, I've applied to 20, I've applied to 30, um, definitely going to have something for this summer mm. or this Easter. And I would talk to the kind of girls on my course and they would just be shy and be like, oh, these banks won't accept me or yeah. um, are the working hours going to be really bad and there aren't going to be any other women in the mm. office. Um, and because luckily at school, I'd managed to go to Barclays and I knew some people that worked in banks um, I was I knew those things weren't true so yeah. I really was just like why don't we set up or why don't I set up a society where we basically can connect these amazing reputable firms to women who are definitely intelligent and capable enough mm. and get them into their offices to see what these businesses are like so in my first year at Birmingham I set up the women in finance society mm-hmm. and initially I was so pumped to do it and then the university was like no oh. <laughs> because um people were essentially they asked like the competing kind of rival societies like the economic society Mm -hmm. the investment society and they were like well technically women should just self-elect into these groups and at Birmingham those Mm -hmm. groups were probably 80 90 percent men um and it was kind of like macho and I tried to I'd I'd gone to a couple of their events and apart from the socials they were just felt very intimidated yeah and I think that's how a lot of people felt and then they went they eventually just disengaged so we applied again, got more signatures, which you had to do to start a society. It's a bit political. Um, yeah, honestly, it was like a game. I was like, is this like <laughs> Who do I hold accountable? Yeah, it was really crazy. Um, but luckily, my friend who was in the year above studying economics, actually a Shedzi, who will also be on your podcast, Big was up. like, she uh, she was like, let's just push for it, like let's do it again, let's try again. And I was like, this is long, you know. I actually have <laughs> like I have problem sets to be doing, but let me just try again. <laughs> and the second time it was approved and that's how the society really kicked off and I then chaired it for my second year and final year at university 
um, and it grew to have over 200 students. Wow. Wow. We held like a Working World Ready conference. Bianca wow. Miller from The Apprentice came and spoke. Like, I actually oh don't God. know how I organized this, like, with a full time degree. <laughs> yeah, like, it was insane. And it was fun. Like, we had. In the first year we had a budget of 7k and then in the next year we had a budget of 12k like we were enjoying oh, like it was really fun um but i think <laughs> it was it was so amazing and i think that was my first insight into like the power of collaboration community and to really dispel notions and really to just support each other and it was amazing for the second year when we held the working world ready conference we also invited, I think, about 50 students from, like, the University of Birmingham school. So they have a secondary school, and they came along to the oh. conference. And they, the girls there were just like, this is insane. Like, this mm. is making me want to go to uni. I'm seeing, like, senior women in financial services. So for me, that's where the passion really started. And um, from post-university now, I'm working at PwC, um, doing management consulting. And luckily, PwC is a firm where I'm able to still have those kind of similar passions. And the work that I do there in terms of diversity and inclusion is I co-chair our multicultural business network, which I think we'll talk a bit about, more about later. Um, <laughs> exactly. And um, that's a really fun avenue for me to do the similar kind of organizing events, community building and just really having open and honest conversations mm. when you recognize there's a bit of a problem about something um so for me yeah the passion and the spark for um bringing people together has always been there really and i guess wow. that kind of nicely aligns then with the group that you started with your friend mm -hmm. now you're talking so firstly i think i've spoken about the group of, of like a lot in the last 10 minutes but maybe just explain what what actually is it what, how did it start, start and everything? Sure. So I came to, obviously came back from Birmingham to London for my PwC graduate scheme job. And I was so excited. I also went to boarding school, which I think is important to add because that means from the age of 11, I hadn't been in London. So I didn't really oh, yeah. know London. Um, I was just super excited. I had money. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I'm ready. Like, where are people at? Like, I want to be there. Um, so I started going to these, like, financial services, networking events. And I was like the youngest person by like 10, 15 years. Mm. And I was like, am I just going to the wrong events or like are, are young people just not interested in financial services? I was really confused. And I definitely did not intend to start like some revolutionary network. But <laughs> I started the network because I was just like, I'm going to so many events and I can't see other young people. And yeah. I know we need to be talking about the future of financial services and we need to talk about the future of technology and the future of work. So why don't I just kind of start this community to do that? Mm. Um, so it, the premise of Niall's Talking really for me was about event sharing. And I, I knew Eventbrite is great, but there's always events on there that someone will tell me about that I hadn't seen. Yeah. And that really frustrated me because I was like, London, I want to do everything. Yeah. Come on, please you tell me. You can't read to page 10 every single day. Exactly, <laughs> honestly, just flicking through yeah. all those events. So. Um, from so it, it started off with event sharing literally I didn't even tell my friends I literally put 50 of my friends that I knew were working in London mm -hmm. in professional services technology uh, finance in one whatsapp group and I was like hey guys this is going to be a group for us to talk about events mm -hmm. um, you can leave now but this is kind of what I want to <laughs> do and people messaged me outside like what the hell is this like what are you doing <laughs> do you just have too much free time and I was like no I think it can work like it can be fun and just add anyone that you think uh, would be interested and I guess organically I think it was a year when it hit the whatsapp capacity of 256 mm. um, 256 uh, women in the group and I think as Casey mentioned it's just been amazing to see the journey mm. um, probably evolve more from event sharing to resource sharing to connection sharing to job sharing to everything and I think it, again it's just the power of community the power of sharing and thing for me i really think of it as like the modern day old boys club i think yeah. this is how an old boys club probably started yeah except not in a pub on a whatsapp group because <laughs> it's 2019 yeah. and i just feel like that's to be fair that's what we should be creating we mm -hmm. should be creating that solidarity that okay this girl's just posted on linkedin a new blog let's all read it and let's all support this person's looking for a job does anyone know anything available and i think it's fine and i think it's amazing for us to be able to kind of support each other in that way and that's what i love about the group um so the kind of premise for the group is just like-minded female millennials um kind of industry agnostic and just thinking about 
Um, but just with a common ambition to improve themselves and better themselves, whether that's through side hustles um, or even just their day jobs, yeah. how can we work together and kind of share contacts, share relationships? Because yeah. even the articles that people put, like it's it, the little things like mm. that they might find interesting, but you never know another 30 people in that group could find it interesting as Honestly. well. Honestly. And it's so nice to see people go up their way to help others in the exactly. group. Like you don't have to, like you don't know them, but the group kind of brings women together and just on that you've now expanded to social media as well which i think mm-hmm. is great how are you finding that is are you finding social media is, is getting picking up well with people like using instagram and twitter and i think so yeah you're right so recently we've just started a instagram and a twitter um and a linkedin page and i think we're getting a good response from people who are interested how do you create an online community and then still support your in real life kind yeah. of connections i don't want to be this like super boss babe like um, billion <laughs> followers like, i don't want to be that yeah. i want to be original content from original people mm. um and real kind of issues yeah. that people are facing i don't think we need to do this kind of because i personally have an issue with kind of like mass market feminism that yeah. is just like okay Wish let's just write boss babe on a t-shirt and you're gonna wake up tomorrow and <laughs> as or, a boss bitch. yeah exactly <laughs> and it's also and you're gonna get that raise not even asking for yeah. it okay inspiring words out exactly there. and for me that's not it really there's a lot of energy and kind of work that comes behind mm-hmm. those things so it's like let's not do faux feminism let's actually that's why in terms of the event side of things we're always trying to have action focused events mm. okay it's nice to come together and have a drink but what are you trying to achieve you said you're going for promotion where's that promotion yeah. you said you wanted a raise <laughs> when have you asked for it and it's <laughs> some of that ac- accountability, accountability yeah. because i think again something i haven't mentioned yet is like for me it really started again or i got reinvigorated last year i went on a three-week solo trip to, to the states um, yeah i was like this job is stressing me out let, let me just go <laughs> leave the land (laughs) honestly and i saw this amazing i went to this amazing black women's conference in atlanta called summit 21 you're Um, even working when you're abroad yeah i know it was really like that i came back from that trip and i was like i was more tired than when i left um but it was amazing and it's run by blavity which is like a media company for black people in the u.s um and they had like amazing speakers like black female politicians they had actors actresses um a lot of youtubers and it was just all about um collaboration community and personally for me like the conversations that i had with people were like next level like i just remember at lunchtime having a conversation with someone and she was like yeah i'm trying to open my seventh hairdresser like it's just so stressful i was like sorry seven like (laughs) five six seven okay because your age mates in the uk are struggling to do number one and like for me that was just like the kind of conversation i was having on a regular basis like as i'm spoken about going to like financial services kind of events but the other day i just went to like an art collector's thing and i was like this is cool because these people do not care about financial services and they're kind of in a completely different creative mindset and that is something cool and can just give me a break from work as well so i think it's thinking about what do you want and what do you need and who might you meet there exactly yeah yeah, and just thinking it through what can you take from the group because some of these have these whizzy um titles and they're like sound really like you will come and you will take away xyz yeah like, yeah you will oh suddenly my have god a business it kills me yeah. and it's like okay cool like, let me go and then, <laughs> and then you go and it's like okay so you've given me things i already knew yeah so you worded it in a way that was so inspiring that i yeah. left feeling pumped and then afterwards i read my notes and i was like you already knew this and honestly how did you get from a to b you didn't tell me that yeah. you just told me what b was i know oh what my b gosh, is I'm i don't so know how dead. to get yeah. there so yeah i definitely agree with that like knowing your intention knowing why you're going yeah and yeah there are a lot of events companies probably selling dreams to people and yeah. not really and they're expensive helping. yeah like, exactly. and time is money bitch yeah <laughs> so i think more people need to realize that actually and mm. just be like okay how many personal finance events do you need to go to before you just know you need to spend less <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like really are you just avoiding the issue like i think there's a lot of like um self-awareness that needs to happen and that kind of introspection so i work at pwc one of the big four accounting firms Mm -hmm. and then i sit within our financial services consulting practice and then within that yeah honestly (laughs) like especially because i had the conference today i've explained it so many times and i'm just like do people really understand what this is honestly i hate using these jargon terms but essentially what i do is 
the consulting part is advisory so working with a like a load of different companies from banks to private equity firms to insurance firms and then the so that's the financial services part and then I sit within the operations team so anything to do with company operating models process design if you are facing any kind of regu regulation so from the kind of fca pra um brexit. i kind of help them Bre yeah brexit unfortunately <laughs> don't say it. Hey, we don't even want to talk about that the that's b word yeah, the, the b word helping companies think about what does that really mean how will this process in this underwriting team change due to these kind of things and it's fine i get to hold a lot of like workshops with clients um and iterate with them to say you can't really do things like this it probably should be like this mm -hmm. and this is why and this is maybe the new meetings you need to have in place the new stakeholders you need to engage maybe you need to work with third party providers and stuff mm -hmm. like that so, so it's really good doing economics was necessary for this role um definitely not there's people in my team from a whole way like the senior partner study geography um there's people from so many different subjects and i think that's what makes it amazing like we all come with different ways of thinking um and i think that's also why i love consulting it's like you don't need to have the answer but you need to ask the good questions so you ask you observe the client and then you ask the kind of right questions that yeah. will bring out the solutions um, because you never know more about their business than they do. They live it every day. So I was talking um, to my friend today just on that um, and I was like, oh, I made a mistake at work. Like, dwelling on it really like, you know when you just like overthink um, and he, he works in consulting and he was like, we love it in consulting. Like, if you make a mistake, it's like, ooh, iterative. <laughs> like, <laughs> learn from that. Agile. Yeah. Agile, yeah. That's what he said. And I was just like, it's oh, great. it's another world. <laughs> exactly, honestly. Um, and I think that's why I love it. It's, there's a lot of experimentation. Um, the like, it's very nerve-wracking. You start something, you don't know what the end's going to look like, but you know that you've probably face a similar situation with a different client mm. you know that you can ask the right questions and you know that probably with this skill set of my team I can probably get there yeah although, mm. although I don't know what there looks like so did you know good. like what the role was before you got into it and like how did you get into it that's a good question again so I've had I always say I'm a little bit of a PwC poster child because I did the <laughs> spring week and then the full management consulting internship and then the graduate scheme and now I have like uh, <laughs> a full-time <laughs> Well, so they're like every event is like Mary come and speak and show speak about all of the basically all their early schemes I did so that was good um so that's kind of my that was my insight into it and it was literally for my first year at uni I came into the company and I was like this place is amazing the people are really nice um but I think there is still that investigation that you have to do and see okay is this the right team for me? Is this the kind of work that I find interesting? And I think I ask myself those questions like probably every two months. Like, do I want to stay in this kind of work? Mm. Or it's such a big company that luckily if I wanted to do something different, I can move around, which is yeah. good. Um, but I think the main thing in terms of deciding career path, it was just a lot of trial and error. Like I worked at loads of different financial services companies like Bloomberg and JP Morgan. And wow. I just didn't really feel like the kind of style suited me, maybe the teams I was in. Yeah. But for me, I had to go through that trial and error to be able to say, okay, I'm going to go with PwC. And for me, that's what's really important. That's what I, I try and encourage students to do and not say, I've read this one company website and I have to work for Goldman Sachs or yeah. otherwise I'm going to yeah. die. <laughs> no, you probably don't know what it's going to be like. So why don't you try that and then try something else? And mm. at the end of the day, some of them are quite similar, but some of them are really stark yeah. differences. So I think the best thing is to try as early as possible, as much as possible. Would you recommend trying different roles in these different firms or the mm. same role in different firms? That's a good question. I think it depends on the oh, individual. Oh, yeah. yeah, honestly. Yeah. I'm, Whoa. I'm about to graduate. I need this career advice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I think it depends on you. I think if you are, you've done enough research about the role and you're set on the role, um, then why not try the role in different working cultures? Okay. Maybe, but I'd usually advise the other way and say try different roles in different companies because really, but the different companies, you should align their values with yours. Mm -hmm. I think 
that's what I always go to whenever I see a company straight away. So they're like the missions video or the mission statement mm. on the values and the way, for example, people talk about Monzo is like mm. unmatched. Yeah. Um, even <laughs> I went to like a hackathon weekend at Monzo, like before I went on the ski trip. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And um, there was a sign in your toilets that was literally basically like, around mental health and like if you're having a shitty day like just go for a walk or mm. like it literally had like a list of like 15 things of things you can do if you're just not having a good day yeah. and i was like this has already made me have an affinity with this company because yeah. that's a statement in and of itself it's not Wait, saying yeah. okay go and get a coffee and get back to your desk it's like take a break yeah, exactly like, work, work, work. yeah I, I believe that the culture of the um company is so important as well because like the way they care about you as an employee that's going to make you want to like, sure. work better it's just going to make you more productive as well mm. but then obviously like you've worked at, you've had loads of work experience mm-hmm. what about someone who sort of knows they really want to go into a certain company but they they, they only really realise that too late like, how would you give them the tips to go for that job even if they haven't had quite as much work experience like, what else can they do that's so good I think a couple of things I think I love that we live in an age where like work experience doesn't have to be the only solution so I feel like people who are saying I want to be a presenter start a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. I want to be a journalist start a blog like there's so many ways to have like an online portfolio and showcase your skills Mm -hmm. honestly like it's, it's like so much of the kind of writing stuff I do online or the yeah. speaking at events that gets me other opportunities and other insights and like that's more of why people reach out to me more so than my job sometimes yeah. so I think there's other ways to kind of showcase your skills mm-hmm. um, and I think there isn't any right path and I think sometimes especially universities kind of the, with the way they report on statistics like number of our graduates that got jobs after six months no that is not a measure of success mm-hmm. in my opinion let them fail fast let them try out different yeah. things like there's no why is it someone tweeted recently that doing internships after you graduate is like amazing because you get to try out somewhere yeah, and then so commit yeah. yeah like other people that have spoken on our podcast they're like because I'm struggling with what I want to do at the moment. They've been like, try different things, just like different kinds of jobs in different industries. Mm-hmm. And then you'll gather a sense of what you want to do. And like, mm. that's what I'm trying to do now. Exactly. <laughs> and I think it's that, it's that iteration. It's like, life is long. Yeah. <laughs> so why are we rushing? Yeah. And I think that was like an overwhelming, like aha moment for me at PwC. It was like, oh my God, all this rushing and all this everything. And like, I'm here now and there's probably at least a 30 year career ahead of me so what was the rush sprint, exactly so what was what are we rushing for just take your time that. yeah life is, long. life is long as you said there's many ways that you can show yourself mm-hmm. start a youtube channel start a blog you have your own blog which mm-hmm. we have mentioned we're massive fans of can you just tell us more about this sure um so my blog is on medium um it's called a millennial's diary which oh my god that name is so cringe like literally there's partners at work i don't know why i think i just need to own it with my chest because there's partners (laughs) at work that will literally walk past my desk and be like a millennial's diary like how are you doing today yeah yeah, you see there and you know millennials already have that stigma so really a millennial's diary started from a place of after doing things like the Working World Ready Conference in Birmingham and just literally sitting down with friends and being like, we're not ready for the working world. Like, we don't actually know what that means. Like, where is, yeah, like, what does work actually mean? What does it mean? Like, what am I supposed to wear? Like, how is it going to be? How do I build relationships? Mm. Um, How do I design my career? The end goal is not very clear. It's not like a degree where the three years and you graduate and everyone is happy and Mm. then you go on to something else. It's a new kind of ball game. Like, what are the rules to this game? I don't really understand. So I was like, surely there must be some literature about young people going into the corporate workplace. And I just couldn't really find anything. Either there was papers that were too academic and Mm. too kind of generic or just like a lot of American content. So I was like, how about I start this blog? It's really just going to be like really for me to kind of share my thoughts and be like, this is how I'm kind of navigating the workplace. Um, And we'll see how it goes. And I, I think I did it for like, at least six months and I wasn't even really sharing it and then suddenly someone was like oh yeah I read this on your blog and I was like oh sugar <laughs> people <laughs> are found <laughs> bloody hell <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um and then I was like you know what 
after people saying you actually write really well like mm. i like how you write um i was like it's selfish for me to keep this information like yes yeah, really it doesn't share exactly why don't i just post it on linkedin when i've mm. written something why don't i share it's part of my ethos anyway in terms of sharing and collaboration yeah, exactly. and honestly some of the discussions i've had off the back of like the blog it's mm. been amazing like it's opened up like dinners with people in a new kind of way because it's just like talking beyond like how are you how's everything going to like what do you think the future of work is Mm. in your space like what will you do if a robot replaces you on the trading floor Mm. at bank of america like those kind of conversations are a bit more uncomfortable and those are kind of things i feel like my blog has enabled me to have with other people anyway my sister's at uni at the moment and i've said it to her because i feel like people at uni Mm. need to See, see it before they graduate exactly yeah because you literally all through your life it's like this is the next step this is the next step maybe you don't go to uni and maybe you know but then you finish uni and i know like we all feel this way and then it's like bye see you later no it's all the you're on your own now yeah you know. like something like your block is like such a great guide for people mm. so and it's easy to read People, it needs to get out there. You should like send it to unis or something and tell them to like give it to the students. I don't know. Oh my it's god! Thank you so much. Yeah, but get paid. Like <laughs> yeah, honestly, free. get that <laughs> coin. Yeah. Yeah. Time is money. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, but that's so amazing to hear, and I think it's true. It's like a lot of people are so they don't know, and it's fine for us to have those conversations. And mm-hmm. I think that even for me, like I spent a, in my final year at uni, I also worked in the career service at University of Birmingham. So I just, just got that like, insight. Just tell me how. how? Because yeah. I don't I understand where the we time is coming for hours. <laughs> the thing is, well, we can talk like, about mental health and like mm. time management, but I am really bad at sleeping. Like uh, sleeping is my least okay. favorite hobby. You're one of those. So yes. yeah, <laughs> I, I can survive on like very minimal sleep. How much? Like, Give us an average. You don't even want to know. No, like I can sleep- definitely survive consistently on four hours sleep you're lying wow. like i'm genuinely not even joking when i think i get it from my dad or something no when i have four hours sleep i'm like, napping the I whole day i do feel really energized when i wake up so i think yeah. it's a long nice nap yeah, yeah suddenly so my back tired. starts hurting really i'm experiencing some back pains from some oh my <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> it's bad it's not good and i think i've always started a target of like okay let me get used to like six and then i start slipping away again but that's the main way <laughs> i probably is even find less. i just need a full eight hour break. oh my god i when wish you up, do you not feel like i need more like do you feel I'm i think i just day? got used to it yeah. and also i think um i think also going to boarding school which is like a very structured time i mean literally from 7 a.m when i wake up to literally my bedtime mm. was a timetable it was lessons at 8 30 roll call at this time break at this time sports at this time mm. marching at this time lunch at this time <laughs> marching yeah you, like i went to, to boarding school, school in the 1950s mate we had to like <laughs> march into lunch every day it's a long story um <laughs> what <laughs> so those kind of things it's not even army it's like a it, it was founded by edward the stick it's called christ hospital i think people should just research it and see our uniform and then you'll laugh <laughs> But then do you think it's important to like take time out and like take a break? How do you de-stress? 100%. I'm definitely an advocate of like self-care and taking time out. I just think it looks different for other people. So like for me, I my commute in is usually about an hour every day. Mm. So I will of that time probably 40 minutes is underground so i read a lot um and for me that is my self-care done like mm. i love that time um or i listen to like an oprah podcast or something mm. um so i think it just looks different for people other different people enjoy different things also like going to the gym you can't give to other people when you're tired and i know that from like yeah. when i've started to do like a week of four hours sleep a night then i'm like not even productive anymore mm. um yeah at the weekend i try and catch up a bit more <laughs> otherwise it's just like be, a pain like <laughs> muscly i just really don't enjoy it but you know when people are like oh i'm in bed and i just love that experience yeah. i just don't yeah. have Addicted. that you wrote a post um on your blog about millennial anxiety oh wow yeah. um what kind of is that because i've actually not heard that term before or i've mm. heard it but not really known what they're what it means yeah to be fair it might be like an official term but i think Mm. i just like coined it no but i don't know yeah maybe people people are using it as like a thing but Mm. i think when i spoke about it i was just kind of talking about it more in terms of so essentially i think it's the mix of being millennial in Mm. 2019 Mm. which is like 
technology kind of really um busy society mm. and oh my god look what that person's doing what should i be doing ah i need to work out what i would need to do with my life life now 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 now, now. instagram mm. tweets <laughs> blah blah, blah ugh, busy um and just general anxiety of the world and not knowing and deciding what career you want to do and i think for millennials it's kind of just that kind of being not being able to have clarity on your thoughts because the world is so busy and thrusting mm. all these images at you and all these things at you and all these things that you should be doing yeah. so it's just probably anxiety that people also had in the past but i think for us it's different because it's li- we're literally bombarded with yeah. images yeah. So of what other people are yeah. doing so i think yeah i think that's kind of what always, a lot of people are always have. aware of what's going on like mm. if you scroll through a feed it's like oh they're doing this they're doing this whereas mm. like yeah. obviously it's before social to. media you wouldn't have known unless you spoke to that person exactly yeah. so that's not uh, like have compare yourself mm. in this day and age unless you're like living in the middle of nowhere with no technology i think when people say like you know what i just like don't compare myself i don't i think that's great and i think it's possible but it's not realistic like with the society we live in you can't help but be like oh i want to be there it it doesn't have to be like a strong jealousy bit it can be like a unfulfillment in yourself exactly and a critical awareness and i think i think it's exactly that it's just how you talk to yourself when you see that Mm. honestly looking through a timeline i see someone else's accolade the first thought you almost have to program into your mind is like amazing she did that well done yeah this is something i'm also interested in how Mm. can i also achieve this but i think that maybe some people's insecurities make maybe make them think oh is she even qualified yeah. blah blah and i think it comes back again to what does feminism mean in yeah. 2019 because i think sometimes feminism can still be quite bitchy and yeah. quite like oh this person's doing it but oh is her company even legit and yeah. blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> it's just really <laughs> weird thing you knew someone that's how exactly she right. she <laughs> so it's so weird so it's thinking about how do you speak to yourself like you can look at other people for inspiration but at the end of the day we should be competing with ourselves ourselves not yeah um, someone else and where they're, they're chapter 21 and you're chapter 20. How do you recommend people sort of recover, not recover from, sort of deal with this millennial anxiety? Like what can they do to help themselves? I think if I had to give one tip, I think the main thing is around curating your timeline and curating mm. the content that you want to see. So for me, in terms of like Instagram or Twitter, like I'm not afraid to fo- unfollow people that I know in real life and I will tell them to their face mm. I don't really like the content that you were posting it was just a bit weird like I would just say like I, it's not doesn't really align because my mind is so yeah. powerful like if I see someone that's just posting pictures of I don't know being at the beach every day I need to get more than that I yeah. need to see like for me stuff like motivational quotes kind of work really powerfully mm-hmm. so I need to see positive content and Therefore, I have to really curate my timeline, especially on Instagram, which is really visual, yeah. to see stuff like that. All the, after a while, I had to just unfollow all those like meme accounts because it's not every day just like shading <laughs> people. Yeah. 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 Honestly, like, honestly I remember one time my friend was like, no, when she followed so many of those meme accounts, she's just started shading people in her head at work. <laughs> like, she couldn't even like concentrate because she was just thinking about memes to make about people. No, no, no. She and I was like, wow, that's a problem because that is a real problem. No, yeah, so I feel like you don't realize how much of that content is actually impacting the way you mm. think. And sometimes you go through the comments and now it's exactly honestly i don't know how celebrities do it and i think then it makes it easier to want to support and empower others as well Mm because it's like you've created a more positive timeline and more positive content rather than seeing things that are making you feel insecure or or down you've created something that's more empowering and and i guess I mean, I've kind of segued nicely here to your um, 31 Days of Black Excellence, mm-hmm. um, where you, oh, well, yeah, actually, no, you tell us I about tell that. You about yeah, because it got a lot of impressions. Was it like 63,000? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 65,000. Oh, 65, sorry. Yeah, on Twitter alone. And I was just not even Twitter. Ready for that. Yeah, it's quite Twitter hard to get well, content honestly. on like, um, impressions. I'm very selective with my retweets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are, they're playing games with that. Um, so let me explain a bit about the campaign. So I wasn't even trying to be a campaigner activist like again like i just always think about like mvp what is minimum viable products for me to like have an impact on something so i think i was literally just sitting down with my sister one sunday and i was like i just hate 
personally also one thing that's quite interesting and links to our social media discussion i don't read the news like ever i don't have any mm. news apps i don't read wow. like any magazine like apart from like es magazine which is just the fashion one the mm. free fashion one i don't read any kind of news content because because i find it so triggering to it's like negative it's very negative <laughs> they have their own agenda in terms of what they want to sell yeah i'm like really triggered by hearing stuff about like bombs or like violence mm. um it really kind of just made me so stressed and anxious yeah. especially living in london yeah. i've been saying um, to casey recently as well it's like every time i read the news i get depressed like yeah. i open the news feed every morning it's like okay so 85 people died in iraq today honestly mm. and i just felt so helpless and it just made me super super depressed so i was like i'm just gonna cut out all news and at the end of the day if something is vital enough someone will tell me yeah and that's kind of how i operate and obviously i still have twitter where you usually see kind of some news anyway mm. but i don't, definitely don't have like seek out news in any way and it's also nice because then when people tell you about like brexit updates you get their Summary. opinion yeah. as yeah. well mm. so it brings it back to like that's probably how people got news in the first place um so the conversation I was having with my sister was around, I just hate how black people generally, whenever uh, they are in the news or just portrayed in certain ways, these news companies have their own agenda in terms of portraying people as, especially black men as like violent um, and obviously stabbing, stabbings, London stabbings, blah, blah, blah. I remember one partner asked me, Mary, what should we do about stabbings? I was like- What do I know? I don't really know. <laughs> like, I was so, I was, so, I was like, there's so many levels HR. that I can just- Yeah, I was, like, <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, what do you want me to say? Like, I'm so far removed from those situations, mm. but I, d I don't know what you want to say. What? what? Like, yeah. are you a politician? Are Honestly, you, like, I was like, shall I give you the government? I'm so confused. Yeah. So I, just, I think I just ignored the question or I said, I don't know, I'm so far removed. But I think it's things like that. And mm. in the workplace, people have, despite us working in kind of global teams and in diverse teams, people still have preconceptions mm. and misconceptions. And I've been at PwC for three years, but I definitely can say like, I have had experience of like people having prejudices about maybe how I'll act and say, oh, like you'll be sassy or something weird. Mm. Like they don't see that as like a weird thing to say, but yeah. those kind of things are still kind of triggering. Definitely. So I was like, why don't I start an online campaign, which was like a series of 31 blog posts every day throughout um, October, Black History Month in the UK, um, and just share the stories of amazing black young people that I know, basically 31 of my friends, mm. um, <laughs> and what they're doing. So I got them to answer two questions. Like one question was just around like careers or mental health, or so it would be like, um, so what is your morning routine? Or um, why, do you, why are you getting a PhD? And then the second question for everyone was, um, what, do, what do you think it's like to be black in the workplace? Mm. And I think, so I did that as just like, honestly, I just got an Excel sheet, wrote 31 of my friends, reached out to sort of them, and I, they were all like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, okay, this is cool. This should be easy to coordinate. Mate, everyone was like, oh, it came out so smoothly and you had it all organized. Yeah. I was like posting Stressing. stuff that I'd been like, that I'd got the day before. I was like, everyone, really? This yeah, is come crazy. on. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a part of me, like I literally thought about the idea maybe in like August and then implemented it. And then basically I was very unprepared. I didn't really think of scale. I just wanted to share these stories yeah. and deliver that. Um, so luckily got all 31 stories. And I think it was just powerful. Like I think it's an alternative narrative about black history and about black people mm. in the workplace. It doesn't always have to be okay we're in the workplace and we're struggling because everyone's yeah. talking about our hair and like blah 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 no actually i just really enjoy i don't know working in yeah. finance like why don't we just talk yeah. about something that's not diversity that's inclusion yeah. like we do have other skill sets yeah like, we do do interesting things and i think for me again that campaign has just enabled me um to have so many interesting conversations in the workplace and outside the workplace mm. with people and be like so what do you think it's like and just to learn and that kind of for me, I just love like deep, meaningful chats. DMC, like every day. Like, people, are always trying, people are always trying to have small talk, and I'm just like, "What is the meaning of life?" Yeah. <laughs> people are like, "Chill out." Like I remember one time, I we just met. Yeah, literally, I'm. I have no chill. I would just be like, "What do you think income inequality? Like, how can we solve income inequality?" But people aren't always ready to have those kind of mm. conversations. But through my blog, I've been able to have it like as an excuse to have those yeah. conversations. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, it's been amazing. I also find that, like, just 
um just on that we think people aren't ready to have the conversation but sometimes we assume people aren't ready to have those conversations mm. and then you ask them and it's like oh you actually do have an opinion on that that is something that is important to you but sometimes you think oh they probably just want to have a like a catch up about you know what's on the tv small talk, small yeah. talk. but actually sometimes people you know i'm ready to talk about this yeah. and honestly like interesting to engage in conversations like that from mm. time to time other than just like what superficial yeah what that celebrity was wearing la, da, la, la. yeah i think you're so right and i think you also see that in i think it's a millennial thing mm. and i think you also see that in the trend of events in terms of events now are probably a bit more collaborative it's not so much like a panel and an audience yeah. it's like a discussion um because people recognize that everyone's kind of smart everyone wants to contribute everyone wants to say something um and i think it's so true like most of the time when i do kind of push those boundaries with people i've met most people do want to have that yeah. conversation can i just ask out of the 31 days of excellence campaign you did if there was anything that really stood out to you from Ooh. who was your favorite friend oh my god <laughs> kill me um, <laughs> honestly can i say a favorite one I, I, so I also interviewed my sister so maybe i should say her but i think her story is cool because she's uh uh, so my sister's at the University of Nottingham doing a PhD. Not Nottingham. So, and I think that's her story was amazing in terms of talking about. I think it's less than one percent of uh, professors in the UK are black women. Oh and wow! And she's just talking about like, obviously, when she signed up to do a PhD, she just was like interested in learning more about like pharmaceuticals but just the way it's opened her up to it's like another workplace mm-hmm. it has its own politics um there aren't enough black professors and she's just really at that conundrum of like should i stay in higher education for the representation and to kind of just for the statistics yeah exactly honestly and but that's, that's true yeah I, think about it. I don't i haven't ever had any black I was professors i had one for health oh, economics one. for one seminar and i was like well he's wearing a rolex like i was like <laughs> what the hell what is going on i was like this is weird like this is so weird um but it's true it's like mm. those kind of questions we yeah. should be able to ask ourselves so another buzzword that we must talk about is personal branding mm-hmm. um, and personal branding in the workplace. What does that, like before we hear what we think, what does that mean to you? Like what is per- a personal brand to you? So I think to me, personal branding is really just about being authentically you and then in this kind of 2019 age, just digitizing that and allowing people to see that. I think it's thinking about what are your values? What do you stand for? And I think sometimes it's hard for people to kind of communicate because they're not really sure mm. and they probably haven't had that kind of introspection and ask themselves that question and say, okay, what do I actually believe in? What 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 ignites me? What am I passionate about? Mm. Uh, what definitely am I not interested in? Um, and how can I, I guess it's like thinking, asking yourself what three key w- words summarize my career like what do i want to be known for Mm. and am i sharing content um myself either stuff that i've written or other people's content about those things um and i think that's what it is it's kind of just showcasing what you're interested in um and i think in this kind of digital age it can just be so helpful for your career and for your network as well Mm. because i think a lot of people when I meet them they think they feel like they know a lot about me because I think I share similar kind of content so they they're very much aware of what I do and sometimes people tell me stuff about stuff that I did maybe a year ago and I'm like dang wow people already <laughs> follow me out here like, oh my God. it's insane but I think that's when things should align and mm. I guess one point is always thinking about sharing stuff that you are actually passionate about because you don't want to pretend because then you're gonna people are gonna hold you accountable mm. to that. So and how early do you think you can start building your personal brand? Because for me, I felt that because of all these events that I'd go to and be like, guys, we've got to have a personal brand. Who are mm. you? Who are you to people around you? And it's like I don't know. I don't like, know. I'm just trying to do the job. <laughs> like I'm still on probation. Like at that point, and it's like when do you start and how do you start i guess Mm, i think for me and what i think i literally think you can start whenever Mm. and i i actually 
I think there's a baseline level of personal branding that everyone should do. So everyone, in my opinion, should have a LinkedIn page. Because I get nervous when like I'm about to meet someone or they've emailed me and I Google them and I can't find anything. Yeah. Like for me, that's a bit of a warning sign. Mm. Like I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if there's anyone <laughs> I know who can validate some your skills. Yeah, because it's actually 2019, yeah. but still people can like people die and shit. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like I am worried. Like if I Google and there's not even a LinkedIn page or website or something yeah Yeah, i'm like what is this what do you look like that's a bit weird to me so i think there's ways that you can curate the story that you want Mm. people to know about you through personal branding and through social media so why not tell the story that you want rather than let people tell a story for you so i think that's the power of it and i think in terms of when people can start i think as soon as you're ready like i don't think you should force it and Mm. i see sometimes now university students are like just trying to say every little thing they're doing on LinkedIn don't try and force it like if you feel like it's something you want to share share it but it's up to you and I guess it's it comes back to kind of like rules around social media like how much of do you feel comfortable sharing um but I think at a baseline everyone should kind of share a little bit so people know where you work Mm -hmm. what you're interested in um and I think it can help you you can get opportunities from that as well and um I went to a talk and she was also saying that personal branding beyond online in like in office face to face doesn't have to be this big thing like oh look at her she's known for helping the environment she's our guru for multiculturalism or mm. she's the one to go to for that it's just like it can also be the way you ca- you're, you're you're known for being that smiley person or exactly that one oh she's really fashionable she carries herself really well and it's like <laughs> hint hint case yeah <laughs> um, but it sounds silly but you can start there like you can exactly. start there by being that really positive person and then from that you've grown your network and people kind of are more approachable to you and then exactly. you're known as that person who kind of networks and has time for everyone and it, it can evolve um mm-hmm. so that like my opinion on personal branding and the whole idea of it has changed because i thought you had to be at 100 but really you can start at zero and, and work and your build way up, up. That's what you're mm. saying, it's kind of like say you didn't even have personal branding on your agenda and but you have a big personality anyway and then you were to go to something like this mm. and then you were, maybe you already have personal brand mm. in the workplace and people know you for the fashionable one or the the quiet but um, does her work everything yeah one. right but then you go to an event about personal branding and suddenly you're thinking about it loads and it's like but what is my personal brand i think mm. that maybe people as you said like graduates or people haven't graduated yet like they're doing like the most this and it's like mm. people need to take a step back and just mm. like let it come naturally and introspect mm. what who are you and what can you bring and then then go with that rather than what does it look like what should i be like mm. exactly and then try and achieve that and that's where i feel like honestly ca- yeah because you i just you just meet people at events it's like come on like on, <laughs> like well i've had a lot of experience recently where some people on social media are just loud mm. like you know there's Twitter people that are loud, like mm. Instagram people that are yeah. loud. And then I see them in real life and they're just quiet. Yeah. And they're just not like their social media personality. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is so weird. Because on, yeah. on Twitter, you're shouting and yeah. you're dragging people. <laughs> and uh, so But in real life, you're just... Yeah. yeah. It's, for me, that's like people some weird... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, honestly, it's really, really and weird. And to be that in a professional environment is, what is even worse. Like, Because yeah. not only, okay, what, what's happening with your friends, cool, but if you're coming to a workplace and you presented yourself in a certain way and then you turn up and you're not it's just embarrassing Mm. and mary obviously you do quite a lot um and i don't even think you intend to for (laughs) other people's career development and and your own and then also bringing people together Mm -hmm. um why is this so important to you and you know what what motivates you for kind of this looking back and and helping others rather than just kind of focusing on yourself other than it being quite selfish but what is your personal motivations for helping other people um i honestly think i just don't even really think about Mm. it that much i guess at one level my mum's quite like a nigerian like she's really hospitable Mm. like really giving as well so maybe i've got that genetic yeah Mm. maybe i've just seen it and i'm also in that way but i think from a careers perspective i just still see and saw the information gap and Mm. it makes me so sad like i've spoken a few times about how i went to boarding school and the school i went to was thirty six thousand pounds a year my family do have three kids they don't have money to spend thirty six thousand pounds a year for 
one of their children so luckily enough i was able to get a partial scholarship to cover most of that money for the time that i was so thank thank god because that was that was insight that would basically was just like a privilege Mm. to be honest and i think that is really where probably where i just started thinking a lot about philanthropy and Mm. access to opportunities Mm. and I think of things and the access that that school gave me, which were literally unmatched. Mm. I did a term in America studying. Wow. I did. I used to travel to Germany more times than I can count oh, to our sister right. in, school uh, in Germany. Okay. Um, I used to like just so many amazing mm. opportunities. I want to go now. And I literally sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I should yeah. sign back in <laughs> because <laughs> I really loved it. And you just see like, I just think after a while I started to think doesn't everyone have these opportunities Mm. and I realized pretty quickly no no, they don't and I just find that so sad everyone has potential and why does it be that someone born in a particular place Mm. doesn't get access to these opportunities so why can't I share what I know to help someone advance so overall I think it's just thinking about so my motivation comes from trying to bridge that information gap and thinking i don't think it's fair that people from certain communities have access to certain things and other people don't so what can i do to play my part Mm. really in terms of like the future like i really want to get become a qualified career coach and just do not i don't know if i want to do that full time (laughs) but i think the number of students that come to me and ask me about like Mm. career advice and things like that it honestly breaks my heart Mm. because it's like this stuff is like you just need someone to help you once and there's so many people that gave their hand out to me and said Mm. okay if you want to work at jp morgan this is like how you should structure Mm. your application and how can we like do that on a more mass scale and how can i help more people because it literally makes no sense for so many smart people to kind of not be in those places just because they don't know about those opportunities yeah, so applying like the knowledge they have exactly and i think so m- is crazy to me that so many things happen because of an information gap yeah because people don't know people if you don't see someone in your family that works in banking or in i don't know a lawyer then you can't really aspire to be it because you don't really know it exists and yeah. it always feels like watching tv like something Distant, that can't yeah, happen yeah. and i think also yeah exactly so you can't really you don't really think like oh that could be me too and i think also for my time working in tanzania where i was long story short but i was working on a government program about when mary when before i started at (laughs) pwc um and uh it was a government program about high youth unemployment in tanzania and just talking to young people there and they there's a lot of jobs available in tourism and they just didn't want to work in tourism, but they had no idea how to find out about other jobs. And it was like literally me walking them through Google and like, okay, if you want to work in tech, this is how you can do it. And maybe you need to go to mainland Tanzania and things like that. And it was just crazy that some of the smartest people I've ever met and they're on an island Mm -hmm. off Zanzibar, um, off Tanzania in Zanzibar. um, And they think they're going to quit school because Mm. they don't know how to get to a university in mainland Tanzania or Kenya or something. And it's just like, there is probably the equivalent age person of you in the UK bunking school right now. That's crazy. So I just feel like, why should life be predetermined by where someone was born? Like there's only so much onus Mm. you can have on the individuals to kind of find that stuff. There has to be more of a support mechanism. Exactly. And also I think it's really powerful what you're saying about you helping is not diminishing your career it's not it's not harming you but i think people do forget that sometimes it's like in this rap race it's like so competitive and it's like it's not really because there's there is room for us all honestly like like, don't don't feel like everything is a competition it's Mm. not you're like democratizing information it's Mm -hmm. like you wouldn't have thought of information was privileged but it is like especially Mm. where you're saying like in zanzibar like they have so much potential. And it's just from a Netflix movie I've seen. Have you seen, what is that one? The guy who harnessed the wind. Oh yeah. Have you seen I haven't that? watched that yet, but yeah, I've heard I've good reviews about really? like, the boy who harnessed the wind. Or it's something. like, yeah, this guy in Malawi and they have a drought and like all their crops are dying. People are dying from starvation. Wow. And like this, their family hasn't eaten a meal in a few days. And then he just needs to go to school and get this book to find out how to like harness electricity from the wind. But he gets kicked out of school because his dad can't afford the fees. And wow. the um, headmaster's like, no. So he like sneaks in, finds the book, reads it. 
and like makes this massive like windmill turbine thing and um there's electricity and then they get water oh my and god it's just, and it's is this based on a true story, a true story. Wow. and then you see the guy at the end of the movie and it was just like so inspiring oh, i love when they do that and it just like, yeah. it's like, it's like oh <laughs> yeah like, stalking him yeah, anyway. that's amazing oh, yeah and i think it's that it's just like why give someone <laughs> the opportunity and yeah. exactly like, magic when you see something that you so interesting, inspirational. We should always share it. We've been doing that quite a lot recently, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. We often like share things we see that we think, oh, that's really interesting, or mm. you should have a look at that. It would be good to kind of compare. What would you say to your graduate self? So your oh, wow, yourself, yeah. not so not that long ago, but so much has happened in that time. Mm. Um, I think a couple of things. I think the main thing, though, I would say, and we've touched on it already, is around chill out mm-hmm. <laughs> there's time yeah you're probably going to be working for 30 40 years there's no rush um find out what you enjoy um i've got this new so i was reading a book and just like the follow the philosophy um behind it is really something that i like which is just this idea of like collecting data so that your 20s should be around collecting data in terms of careers in terms of relationships in terms of friendships collecting data about what you like what you don't like um what kind of people do you like to hang around what kind of jobs do you like to do what kind of countries do you like to travel to just collect all that information so that you can almost set up your life Mm. based on those decisions and i think so much so often we're just like we need to know the answer now and like oh no you can't experiment you can't um you can't kind of try different things out because you're 20 and you should know the answer now mm. but no that's not right your 20 should just be fun and exploring and mm. at the end of the day hopefully when you're 30 or older you can look back and laugh and be like i know this is right for me because i've tried other things and yeah. those definitely weren't right for me so i think <laughs> i would tell my graduate self to just like chill out don't put so much pressure on myself and just realize as we said life is a marathon and not a sprint yes um yeah just try out things that continue to um that interest you and don't feel like you always have to find the right answer Mm. um and then just keep the positive attitude because i think the energy of like young people in the workplace is Mm. like amazing like whenever i have interns at work and stuff and their their new energy just fills me with so so much passion yeah it's so good and i think so many young people are like ah this new job like what value can i add just your energy is amazing because you're surprised how many people are going to work so just like dull and dreary and like i just try and keep that graduate energy of like this is amazing how can i optimize this week mm. how can i do something a bit weird in a meeting like start a conversation about something and just like get people thinking a bit differently mm. before we dive into what we usually do mm. like how can you just shake up bau just a little bit and i think that kind of innovative kind of different way of thinking um when i first joined the workplace i was just like i need to be a pwc person and i need yeah. to Robot. just yeah like i just need to find out what good looks like and be that mm. but i've seen that my role models within the firm and like the the sponsors that i have they're all people that are a little bit quirky and mm. that have kept their authentic values and that's what i try and do and i just always have to check myself like Am I becoming a bit too PwC, a bit too corporate? Um, because I don't ever want to be that. I just want yeah. to be myself in this organisation. Just millennial Mary. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's now time for our tea break segment where we ask our guests to tell us something that's inspired them or changed their life in some way. So if you'd like to share. Yeah, sure. So um, I thought I would talk about the new book that I've just recently finished reading called Notes on a Nervous Planet. Um, It's by Matt Haig. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the first of his books that I've read. And basically one of my friends was reading it and I picked it up and uh, I just thought, let me give it a try because I like reading about like mental health. Um, But I absolutely loved it. I think how it spoke about anxiety and just trying to operate in a like very busy technology driven world and kind of, he speaks a lot about like anxiety coping mechanisms as well just really blew my mind and it was just such a beautiful read and like it has so many nuggets about just like give us chilling out and i think there's a chapter on like how to get more sleep which is obviously triggering for me (laughs) so i was like yes i was like can't i can't and then the first line is like go to bed earlier (laughs) and i was just like you know what this is why i love matt haig because 
the fact that you even open an article, you op- open a chapter that says how to get more sleep shows that there's an issue anyway. Mm. And that's what the whole premise of the book is. It's like, have more self-awareness, know how to check in. Like, mm. why are you waiting for your iPhone to die before you go to bed? Like, how would people have done it? <laughs> Do you get what I mean? Like 20 years ago, people would have been like, okay, it's, th- this is now. bedtime. Yeah. And it's just being, I just absolutely love like this idea of just being more self-aware and uh, just being able to check in with your body, like, is my body tired? Yeah. Should I go to sleep right now? Um, and just being be, being able to, like, criticize yourself in that way and say, okay, just because other people are doing this, well, I don't need I to don't do need that. To. Like, w- when do I back out kind of thing? So I love that book because it's just simple, straight to the point, And it just really emphasizes self-awareness in a very, like, blunt kind of way. Mm-hmm. And obviously talks a lot about anxiety, which is... Uh, I think an issue that a lot of people have and that I've faced as well. Sure. Great. So, Mary, you've achieved so much at such a young age and we just want to know what your top tips are for goal setting so that people who want to as well can just achieve more. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, so one way I set goals is through a vision board. Mm. Um, I really love vision boarding and when I was in America last year I just saw what they were doing around vision boards and I was like mate I need to step up my game because they're doing amazing things and I think the power of a vision board is having statements or pictures that kind of tell you about where you want to take your life and your career and your personal life as well and I really believe in like the law of attraction and manifestation and really just saying I everything is in the power of the mind which is why again linking to our social media conversation is so important what you curate and what you feed into your mind because the way you think and the way you kind of operate in this world is all because of your mind so if your mind is not in the right place you're not going to be able to deliver amazing things because you're distracted or you're thinking about oh i need to be a size smaller or i yeah. need to do this and blah 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 blah. all these things will enable me to be the person i want to be but a vision board allows you to kind of just set out your goals in a really clear way. Um, and for me, literally, people will talk to me sometimes and I see things on my vision board and I can say, tell, I can think, okay, I'm either going to say yes or no to this opportunity because is it aligning to the Mary that I see on that vision board? Mm-hmm. And I think it helps really give me a lot of clarity. Um, and then just wider goal setting, I think is really just, I set New Year's resolutions. I know a lot of people like and don't like that but for me I find that really useful I also have an achievements list so every kind of month I write down like achievements that I've done so I just kind of celebrate that gratitude which I think is something I didn't do well in the past yeah. like onto the next milestone onto the next thing you gotta celebrate your wins exactly yeah. celebrate the wins and celebrate the L's which are not losses but right. lessons yeah. really and oh, I love those that. times <laughs> those times when you're like oh that was so difficult but I've actually made it through that that trial mm. and I think that's amazing as well so yeah I think that's, that's a wrap it. for today thank you so much Mary yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you for <laughs> tracking all this way to inspiring see episode. yeah that's and you've given us like tangible ways not even to like improve our lives but also just to make the most of what we have right now and, mm-hmm. and mental health mm-hmm. general self-awareness yeah. so many just, things yeah and any sort of questions that you thought like oh maybe i don't know you've just sort of confirmed yeah especially with like personal branding yeah. mm-hmm. um collaboration and also that feminism thing like i've always thought that like it isn't just about like just saying like go out and be your best self or empower other women yeah. it's like you're not actually doing that on the timeline are you yeah. you're actually tearing I don't know someone down by like commenting underneath Um, so yeah thank you for listening guys thanks for making it all the way to the end of the episode (laughs) (laughs) and like and subscribe and follow and all the rest of that on uh, No It Is Sugar podcast and let us know if like what inspires you what's impacted you whether it be a book or a person like we love to hear about it the amount of book like reading lists we've got like you took some on holiday and yeah, yeah like we're loving that so send that in the email is noah did sugar podcast at gmail.com yeah so for like social media oh, yeah. and your group Duh. where can people find you oh my god we almost forgot about that um so <laughs> social media so 
I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Millennial Mary A two L's two N's because people can never spell Millennial. It's such a hard word. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Even me, like I was like, why did I pick that? Because <laughs> it's complicated. Um, and then about the network, mm. if you just Google now, you're talking. But also we're on social media at NYT Network. And they do. Sh- you guys do share um a lot of like good events, events and stuff. Yeah. Um, you have like brunches coming up yeah. and everything. So yeah, do check yeah, them look out. out. But Mary, you have quite a good link thing, don't you? Else, when I was stalking you, you've just got on Twitter. Oh yeah, exactly. Link tree is good. Yeah, Personal good. branding tip. Yeah, a one. Everyone get link tree. It's really good. Oh okay. So essentially, because on oh, Instagram yeah. you only get. Honestly, because on Instagram, you only get one link. Mm. So Linktree is the company. I don't know how they make money, but (laughs) literally, I was trying to think about their business model. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, how is this working? But I guess they have a premium package. But anyway, you can add um, basically links from all linked by one link. So they'll just click on your Linktree and that will have like my Twitter, personal website eventually, Ah. LinkedIn, blog, everything. Um, And then you can just put that in your Twitter uh, Twitter or Instagram bio. Oh, that's really yeah. helpful actually. Yeah. 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 Link tree. <laughs> <laughs> Link tree. <laughs> <laughs> Get it right, man. <laughs> Bros, to be honest. Okay, thanks guys. Thanks. B